sing uh, Down From His Glory, Every Living Story. Down from His
Let's just sing this song before we go to prayer. There's no written prayer request this evening, but if you just have a request on your heart and you want to know by the uplifted hand, just as we sing the song and the verses, just raise your hand to him. He's the healer of our broken pieces of our heart. Amen. Everybody that's going through anything, he is the answer to your prayer. Amen. Our brother Kendall from Saskatchewan, could I have you open up in the service in a word of prayer? Amen. Oh, you are the healer.
Let's just bow our heads as we let's open the service in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you once again for all the blessings you've given us in our lives, Lord. Father God, Lord, we don't deserve nothing, Lord God, but Lord, you give us abundantly, Lord, Father God. Above all that we can even ask, Lord Jesus, Father God, you want to bless our lives, Lord, in ways that we can't even think of, Father. Lord, I just pray, God, Lord, you'll just bless uh, each and every one, Lord, that has made the effort, Father God, to sacrifice a bit of their time, Lord, of their busy lives, Lord. Father God, I pray, God, you bless them, Lord, abundantly today, Lord. Pray, God, you'll just be with us now as we just lift up your name, Lord, on high, Father God. You're the healer of the broken pieces of our heart, Lord Jesus. And we just want to give you the, all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for all that you've done, Father God. For you're worthy of all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Lord Jesus. And we just worship you tonight. I pray, God, you'll bless us now. We commit the service into your hands. Be with the brother as he ministers tonight, Father God. Move him aside, Lord God, and just, just speak through the lips of clay tonight, Lord Jesus. And May you minister to our hearts, Lord God, in the words of everlasting life, Lord. Lord, we can go, Lord, saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We commit all to you now. Bless us in Jesus Christ's name. We commit all to your hands. Amen. May I have your seats. Thank you, Brother Kendall. He's in, he's in town. He missed his flight out of Seattle, so he's here with us this morning. He drove up, and he's, he says he's always wanted to come and be with us. So God bless you. I hope you enjoy your few days here. Amen. Let's sing the Revelation song. Just as Brother Murphy comes. Worthy is the
the Lord that we can come to the house of God again. There are many places uh, that we can go, but this is the place that we really want to go, to come to the house of God. One day, all the service is going to be over, the Bible will be the last to preach, then the close, and we're going to meet our God, meet our Lord that we love face to face. That's the moment that we're looking for. I really appreciate uh, all you coming. I almost feel that I, I, I should come uh, preach to the, maybe an empty church uh, because of the snow and, um, you know, the BC people, they're just not prepared and uh, like a Saskatchewan people. And uh, one snow will come, they just make a, uh, become a disaster. But I really, really appreciate uh, all of you coming, coming over to the house of God to want to listen to the word. And to the many people drive far away for, down from the south, from the north side of the border, uh, I just pray as the Lord and bless these people. These are the people that I call the hero. These are the people I love with all my heart. I just pray that the Lord pour a double portion. Whatever you pour it out, whatever you give it out for the effort, may the Lord just give you a double, triple, and the reward it to you. Uh, I don't have a word to describe my feeling, but I just love you all from uh, the bottom of my heart. Just may the Lord bless you. Let's turn to the scripture. Uh, book of Exodus. Thank you for the musicians. And so I'll turn to our book of Exodus, uh, uh, chapter 29. Exodus, chapter 29. Uh, let's just uh, two verses, uh, verse 36 and 37. And thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering, for an atonement. And thou shalt cleanse the altar. When thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days thou shalt make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be, it shall be in an altar most holy. Whatsoever touches the altar shall be holy. Let's just bow our head. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we have opened up to the word. Lord, everybody take you to open up to the word to each individual. So we pray that your Holy Spirit take the scripture we just read and make it as become a reality to us. Lord, only you know the needs of the people. Some of the need cannot even be uttered. But Lord, there is no need to hide from you. I pray that to let your word to meet your people's need. We thank you, Lord, else in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to use the, uh, the verse we just read, an altar most holy, an altar most holy. So when we talk about the altar um, uh, in the message, Brother Branham says many times, he's speaking about the altar, he said, um, the altar is the heart of the, the people. So I just wanted to put that at a, uh, to, the, to the front of the right away. When we talk about the altar, and that is the heart. That's the altar is where the sacrifice was put it on. And so the, when the altar and the sacrifice, and when it united it together, with the right altar, with the right sacrifice, then the God will come down, the send down the fire to consume 
whatever that is offered in that and uh, accepted the offering uh, that uh, the person uh, that uh, put it onto the altar. So, and uh, uh, I want to read a quote today here. Brother Branham said um, in the blind uh, Bartimaeus, and he said that if our minds would be more taken up on God and on the things pretending to God, it will be so much easier to live a victorious life in Christ. You know, there's so many distractions on this earth. There's so many voices that we can hear, uh, can hear that are from around us. And, but if we can uh, put our mind, if we can put our heart that, uh, uh, on the God, uh, on pretending on the things that are pretending to God, and Brother Bram said it will be so much easier to live a victorious life. I find out that at many times the people they had a hard time to believe the Lord and they have the hard time uh, to um, uh, seems like they can live a victorious as a life. It's not because uh, they don't have a sincere heart. It's not because uh, they don't um, they don't love the Lord, but they just have been distracted by so many things, by so many voices, and sometimes the voices are not not necessarily just sinful things. It's not something that was evil. It's just the daily things that we're going through, and then there are minds that go here and go there, and then you have to take care of this. You have to deal with that situation, and then our mind cannot be constantly be put on a God. Uh, believe me, it doesn't take the. It's not just because of the minister uh, that uh, preached the gospel that we can easily put our mind on God. Everyone, if they've got a hard time, we can put uh, our, uh, our mind, our heart uh, completely uh, on the Lord. But that's, uh, uh, that's we know because the devil also know if you can put your heart into a certain things, there is nothing that is uh, 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 there is nothing that is impossible for you. Because if, uh, if you want to live a victorious life, and that you must let your heart be setting to God, and the devil knows that. And so, and in the, uh, in another message, the great warrior David, but Abraham said is that David before anything ever ha- happens, before he had ever had that anointing oil on him in anything, he knew God was with him. He killed a bear. He killed a lion with a slingshot. And he knows that that was a super to an ordinary man to do that. He knew what he could do. He knew God was with him because his whole heart beat after God. And then he, the Reverend said, as the heart Pentas after the water brooks, so my soul thirsts after thee, O God. No wonder he could have played the evil spirit away with his music. He had something to play about. And they come from his heart. And the devil knew that was from his heart too. And he knew that devil, he knew that David was the elected out of God. So if this is from the heart or not from the heart, not only you know, not only God know, devil also know that too. If the person really mean that from their heart, if they really set it out of heart to the Lord, and the devil also know that, and he also know nothing can stop this man. If this man can set his heart, not to the things of that in the world, but set his heart to the things of the pretending to the Lord. And the Bible in Psalm 16 and 8, it said, David said, I have said to the Lord always before me. Because he is my, at my right hand, I shall not be moved. 
And we also know in the proverb 4.23 is that to keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's all coming from the heart. The issue of the life, the power, that everything, that if we can name it, is all coming from the heart. It's the heart that lets you make decisions. Because in the heart, there's only either belief or there's unbelief. And if the heart was completely set under the Lord, then uh, give it as a, the person gives his whole heart to the Lord, then his mind is under control. Because it is the heart, it's the control tower. And the mind, no matter what that is in your mind, because you can't stop the things that are coming into your mind. You're living on this earth, it's like a battleground. But if your heart was set on the Lord, the heart will bring the mind under subjection. And to David, he said, I keep setting my heart to the Lord. I, I put to the Lord always before me. Uh, you find out it's a, such a hard thing that in this world that, uh, uh, they can, that the people, they can do that. But it is, it's not a something, uh, if the Lord asks us to, to do certain thing, He must be provided a way for us to do it. Yeah. And He cannot put us into the age that He knows is the most deceiving age. That He knows that this age got so many voices. You got this media, got that news, you got all kinds of in your job. In a, the news has never been spread so fast. Uh, you know, you, you got so much news that you, you can get to. Uh, just before you, uh, before you wake up and uh, you open up your phone and they already start to tell you what's happening in China. Already start to tell you that what's happened uh, uh, in the senators, uh, in the house, in the election. Before, if, if, if people don't know it, you don't care. But now those things are bombarded at you. Even you don't want to see it. You just want to go have a coffee. And there's a TV there to show who won the election, who was not. And before you know it, your mind starts to be affected by it. But God sent us the Word. God gave us the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit will constantly shifting us back to the Word. Back to the Word. Constantly shifting our heart. Put your heart on the Word. Put your heart on what I say about it. God give us enough power with enough powerful voice that will drown every voice that in this world. And we think about this great man, David. And he was such a great man. Even though he was, even Jesus was listed in the genealogy of David. Even Jesus was called, he was called a son of a God, a son of a man. And that even in eternity on the throne, he will be called a son of David. And he will be the one to rule. And that God even associated himself to this name David. He was such a man that God even said, I seek the man that after my own heart. And let's look at this man, David. What a man that God has been um, so, um, uh, his heart was, uh, we, we don't say that uh, not only the David's heart on the Lord, God's heart is on David too. Because God said, he said, David, you're a man after my own heart. You're thinking what I think. And your heart and my heart, we're united together. When I have certain things in my heart, you know it. And you want to seek it after it. When I reveal my heart and my secret to you, you quickly, you want to do it. And this is the man 
that God even associated his own name. He called himself, Jesus Christ called himself, son of David. So David and the brother Ramos said that I will restore in his message. He said that when the ark came in, he said that David saw it. He said a revival was in session. He said little old David went down there and danced around the ark as hard as he could go. Why? Uh, his wife, he talked about, she said, you embarrass me. My well, I'll have the general consul to put you out. He said, why you embarrassed me? He, uh, David said, if you don't like this, watch this. He said, and down he went and around and around and around and around and on that ark. He went, rejoice, happy, shouting, praise God, and rejoice. Hallelujah. I said, if you don't like this, watch this. I was thinking, what a man that he can put aside at everything. Don't care about what anybody else thinks. Don't care, don't care about what the world said. Don't even care what his own wife said. Don't even care about what his family said. But he's the man after God's own heart. In David's heart, there's only one thing that is valuable. In David's heart, there's only one thing that's meaningful. Fulfill God's will. God, what is your heart is? I wonder if we can be like that. And I'm sure we are like that. Because there are those people that in this age, God sent the word to them. God gave them the Holy Spirit. Now we're just talking about the Holy Spirit and manifesting in Pentecostal movement. And not that there's Holy Spirit manifesting in the partial, that in the Lutheran, that in the Wesley, in the, pastor, in the Pentecostal. But the Holy Spirit manifesting in its fullness. That's the whole heart of God has revealed to the bride that in this hour. Yes, we can do that. Because that's the heart desire, I believe. That's for every believer. That's the heart of the heart desire. Lord, I want to know your heart. Whatever your heart desire, that's my heart. Be follow it. Whatever your heart wants, Lord, that's the bottom of my heart. That's what I want. And David don't care about anything else because his brother Benham said his heart was full. Because why his heart was full? Because his then God looked down out of the heaven. He said, David, you're a man after my own heart. Why David's heart was full? But Abraham said, David danced before the Lord when the ark was brought back to his resting place. He said, when David saw the word, and it was then when the table of a stone brought back to his right place, David rejoiced and danced in the spirit. What make David dance? What make it into the heart full? Because he saw the word come back to his original place. The word has come back to his rightful place. He said, why? He saw the word back in its place. That's the David's heart was full. David dancing and not because that just, uh, he just felt excited. It not because just a shiver went through him. David danced because there is the one thing that he saw. He saw the word of God come back to his city. And I think that would make any man that in this hour, who heard the message of this hour, though I might not have the beat to dance that some of our African brothers have, but in my heart, when I saw the word come back to his rightful place, then my heart was dancing inside of me. Then God looked down from heaven, said to David, you're a man after my own heart. Because when David saw the word come back, David's heart was full. 
A man that after God's own heart is the heart of a man that is always on the word of God. And when we saw, when a man saw the return of the word that into the right place, that into his heart, that sent it to rejoice that in the man's heart. It's when man saw to the word of God that in this hour, that it come back to this rightful position. It's not come back to the denomination they were rejected. It's not just come to the church generally to everyone because every church have a believer, unbeliever, and a make believer. But when a word comes to the believer's heart and they love it, and they believe it, and they want to do everything according to God's word, God looked down and said, David, you're a man after my own heart. When a word is in the ark, it is not in the rightful position. Then it become the hottest. Brother Bram said that become the hottest thing they ever had, because the ark was uh, took it away. It was uh, in captivity, and so those the people and who have the ark that be a uh, captive out of the way. And those uh, uh, Gentiles are the people in the Canaan, Canaan land, and uh, they want to get rid of, it. because Brother Bram said it was out of its place. So when the word of God is not in the rightful place, it doesn't, it doesn't bring the blessing, but it brings the disaster to the people. The word has to be in its right place. And to the right place for the word is your heart. That's where the altar is. That's where the word has to be laid in there. And when the word comes back to this rightful position, rightful place, that in the, the people's heart, and not together with the other offering, but only the word is in there. Where your heart was constantly on the word, when it's the only thing that on your heart, the predominant place that you give it, or the first priority that you give it to the Lord, that in your heart is to this word, then the word is in the rightful place. And Brother Bram said, when David, when he seen the word being revealed back into Israel again, he danced in the spirit all around and around and around and around like that. His cup got to, got, got to the running over. He saw the word returning. And I think that would make anybody get a little stimulated when they see after all these years, in a four seal. Brother Bram said, all after all these years, and then the true word by the promise that it would be being brought forth and vindicated. That stimulates the people. When they say the word was vindicated, that in the heart of the heart of their children of a God, that in their heart, in that altar, when they received it of the word, it's that word to return to the rightful position. It stirs to the people and makes it to the people rejoice. Amen. And when God saw David's response to this word, the prophet said, God looked down, said, David, you're a man after my own heart. Because the word has to return to this rightful place, he disregard any voice, anybody, what they say. It's the returning of the word make David act even not unseemingly. But it's the returning of the word to the children's heart that it sometimes even makes it a real believer that act uh, unseemingly. 
And that I remember it at a time when I uh, heard it of the word at one time to down into the States. And that uh, a brother, brother Adam was at the preaching. And that uh, the Holy Spirit was just moving. And that uh, all of a sudden, I don't even understand what's happened. I, uh, when I opened up my eye, I saw that I'm, a, I'm a down, right in the front. I was jumping up and down, jumping up and down to praise the Lord. At that time, I probably only in the message for about a year or two. And then I promised anybody I met, I said, I will never do that. I will never do that. But when the word come to the rightful position, come to the rightful place, it will make the people act unseemingly. I wonder if God will look down and say, Murphy, you're a man after my own heart. You're breaking out of your shell. You don't care about what other people think. You don't even care what about your wife thinking about you. You're only thinking about what I saw about you. I think sometime we need to come to the, uh, to the place like that. Don't have to wait till the camp time. When the minister comes, then we jump up and down. I'm the guilty of that too. It seems like when we're coming to the camp time, we've got a lot of a release, a lot of a loosen up than what we're here now. But that's to do that to our God. Lord, I don't care what other people thinking. You're worthy for my worship. Lord, I want to be the man after me, your own heart. Let me respond to what your word has said. And when God look at what David has been responding to this word, because the word had to come back to the right position, come to the right place. Then God looked down and said, you're a man after my own heart. I was wondering if God will look at us when we're responding to this word, when we received the word, when we hear the message of this hour, what's the responding that you have? What is the response that we go to do to the word of God? Some may be shout, some may be dance, some may be running around. But let me bring you to another response to that. When you hear the word of God, it says that believe unto the Lord Jesus. And it says that be baptized in this name. And when you do that, you know what? God looked down and said, you are the man and girl or daughter after my own heart. Because that is the correct response to the word of God. I know you might be just as quiet as you can be and sitting over there. But when a word you heard, then the tears started running down your cheek. You know what God say? He said, you are the man after my own heart. And sometimes I wanted the people that are responding to the word. And when a heart was full, and then a response, if I can say that, respond violently. I don't have the correct word, you forgive me, but I, I think you, uh, so many years you've been with me, you, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> so they're, they're, they have an out appearance or show to uh, what, what has done that on the inside. And for some people, that is what God has, when the word comes to their altar. When he gave it, a, it seemingly on the outside, it doesn't show it up very much. But it still has something that is down deeply that is in their heart. But sooner or later, by their fruit, you shall know them. And it's an outer appearance, it will automatically come. It's not something that they're pretending. They're not something that they're impersonating. But it's just something that inside of them, as the brother Branham said to David, just running over. 
If you keep drinking, keep drinking, keep feeding on the word, and then the word will push out, will push out. And then there's another response. Brother Branham said, and what does thou here? He talked about Elijah in the cave. He said that God wanted to attract his attention. He said, and we find that he had one 40 days and night. And God located him standing or pulled back in a cave. Elijah was in a, such a nervous breakdown. When he was on a mountain, a top on a Mount Carmel, and had a showdown with the, uh, with the false prophet, the Lord has uh, used him in a fire coming down. Uh, he was a, such, he was a, uh, who's on the Lord's side? And uh, he said, if the Lord is, a, is a, uh, Jehovah is God, serve him. And if Baal is God, and serve him. And they're challenging the, the people. And he has done such a miracle, the great things that happened. But just by the one woman's threatening, and uh, he had run out into the wilderness. So there was a great storm, but God wanted to attract his attention. So the brother Bram said that there was a great storm passing by. He said, and then he ripped the mountain. It was so powerful till it shook the rocks. But God wasn't in the storm. It went before God did. And then there come again a great earthquake that shook the earth. But still God wasn't in the earthquake. And there come a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And then there came a still, small voice. And God was in that voice. Sometime in the, the, oh, the thundering, the lightning, the storm, the fire, the, the earthquake. Is that all the time that the God that wants you to responding to that? A lot of time when those things have happened, yeah, that is a wonderful thing that had happened. Then the meeting after the meeting, you have experienced it with the Lord and experienced it the joy of God. It's exciting the, how the Lord believed this. If there's no feeling to it, you might as well just bury it. If, it was, if the gospel that we believe, it just make it as a code and formal, we might as well just leave it because there is no life in it. But if you do have the life, the life will automatically will come out of you. And but many times you find out uh, after all this storm and the fire and the earthquake, Brother Bram said, all those things that happened, he said, God wants to attract his attention. Is that after God attracted Elijah's attention, then there is a still small voice. Is that still small voice when the Elijah the prophet heard it? Then he coming out, covered his face to meet God. And the brother Ram said, brother and a sister, I have been back into the cave long enough, and you have too, to know that there has been a lot of earthquakes shaking around, a lot of noise and fusses and stews and things like that, and big meetings, but where's being God out of it? He said, there's a God to come something deeper than the healing service. There's a God to come something deeper than a gift to speaking with tongues. There's a God to be something deeper than rushing mighty wind. The wind won force, but God wasn't in it. We've had a rushing mighty wind all over the country and sensations and the blood in the face and the hand and all kinds of signs. But where's God at? That's what Elijah was looking for. All those things that doesn't attract his attention. But it's that a still small voice that attracts the prophet's attention. It has to be that a still small voice that attracts our attention. 
Because it is that voice will change you. It's that voice will transform you. It's that voice will make your nature completed in your nature. It's that voice will keep you, will protect you, will lead you along the way. It's that voice when you have something that you cannot alter, but that still small voice can still speaking to you. The prophet said that that's what we are listening for now. We got a thunders, we got a fire, we got a rushing mighty wind and an earthquake, but God sent us a still small voice. That's what we need. He said, what we need tonight is that a deep, rich experience. That is something that is down in us. He said, what it has, what it has to have is that a depth of God's eternal love. That spirit on the inside of them that it makes you what you are. It's something that is so deep that inside of your heart, it will change the person permanently. It's not an in and out. Today they're good. Tonight, tomorrow they're one bad. Today they believe in the Lord. Tomorrow they don't know what they believe. Today they come to this church. Tomorrow they come into that church having no roots of it. When God gave it to something to still small boy, it makes you solidified. It makes you steadfast. It makes you unmovable. When everybody else fell, you're still standing. When everybody else go to west and the east, and you're still standing there. When your husband don't believe, your wife don't believe, even your children don't believe, but you're standing firm on your ground. That is the depth I'm talking about. That is the one that I hear the still small voice. And then like the Elijah covered his face, humbled himself, and go out to meet God. Then he hear God speaking to him. And when Elijah heard that still small voice, nothing bothered him. What have you heard in all of it? Hear that still small voice. The depths of something that comes into the human heart that takes all foolishness away from you. It takes all the world away from you. It makes you hate the things of the world and love the things of God. That's the depth. The depth is not how much we understand, how much we got of this revelation. Or the depth is take all the foolishness away from you. Take away the foolish conversation away from you. Take away the foolish act. As Brother Tom would preach to the people, act to your age. If we're living in the bright age, then let us all act like the bride. Not just a back and forth and don't know a loss of direction, don't know where we are, just a, just a wishy-washy and the lovey-dovey and everything. No, that's not what the believer wants. Believers standing on their ground. Believers know who they believe and what they're standing on. Believer having a discernment to know what is right and what is wrong. And take all the world out of the way from you. That is the death. If you have a revelation that you know this mystery, you know that mystery. But if it hasn't taken the word out of you, you haven't got a depth yet. If it still has it on the social media, different things that the hand on you and it caught you, then it just uh, towards you, it's tormenting you. You haven't, uh, you haven't experienced the depths of Jesus Christ yet. It makes you hate the things of the world. You find out that many times that the people that are coming before the altar, they want to lay it down. But they take it at the back. 
after a few months. They never hated it enough that they want to die to it. The things that are the bother to them, the things that are the lust or whatever that is, has been hanging on them. If they really mean business with God, and God was really mean real to them, they have to come to the point that they hate the things of the world. When a person hated the things of the world, God would take that out away from me. I remember I drank myself to a, to a, to a dummy. And the, 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 uh, go to the business and then the drinking and drinking and then, you know, you talk and then you're laughing, you're, you, you're doing, the, doing the things that just, uh, just shame on, shame on me. Doing the things, but come to a point, I hate as the Lord, as a Christian, I shouldn't do that. That's not supposed to, for a Christian to do. And when I hate that enough, and God take that out of the way. It's not me trying to fight and to struggle, but you must hate it to the time, to the point that said, Lord, I want to die with this thing. Brother Bram said, that's to the depth. And it makes you stand when all other things will fail you. So when David, he's a man after God's own heart. He only thinking about what God thinks. All his heart was set up. Uh, it's all uh, set be, um, He said to the Lord always before him. Then I was thinking about David. Lord said to David, you're a man of my own heart. Then I was thinking about it. What is the heart of the Lord? Brother Bremer said in the show us the Father. He said, I used to think that God was mad at me, but Jesus loved me. But I come to find out that Jesus was the very heart of God. He said, Amen. Through Jesus here, manifested is the Father's love to the people. Then I sing God was in his Son. What is the heart of God? Christ. He is the heart of the Lord. That sacrifice, the bleeding sacrifice that God himself that dwelled in that virgin-born body, that is the heart of the Lord. And when God said to David, you are after my own heart, that is the, God, that is the heart of the heart of the heart of the Lord. It's the Christ. It's the heart of the Lord. And then we know what is the Christ. Christ is the Word. Then all I can see that word is the heart of the Lord. And David, when he saw that the word come back to it, it's in the right, right place. And David's heart was full. His whole heart was for God's heart. And then he saw what God's heart was want. And then God coming down to say, David, you're the man after my own heart. Then we're thinking about this Christ. Is that the Lord has said he killed the lamb before the foundation of the world. And uh, where? Where he sent the lamb? In his thoughts. And it's, uh, it's not just a physical lamb that uh, I'm sure that in the heaven when he killed the lamb, it's not a physical lamb there. It's not just a physical blood that he shed, that God is the soul, that a physical blood to shed. It's a, uh, Brother Branham said, God sent the lamb 
And before the foundation of the world, before there was any physical things, he killed the lamb right in his thought. And so if we say that's the heart of the Lord, then I would say that's the thought that in this heart is to send the lamb before the foundation of the world. That is what is the God is the heart is it at. And that thought and become the word. And that word has uh, uh, coming into the flesh and dwelled among us. But if that's the heart of the Lord, God never veered off from his own heart. He never veered off from his uh, own thought. Because that's the heart of the heart of God. That's the things that is in God's heart that all the time that he was slain the lamb, provided a sacrifice for his own children. So when he, when in when in Adam, when Adam and Eve sinned, when God killed an animal and put the skin on Adam and Eve, and the brother Adam has many times he shared that he he said I almost can see he said that Adam with his manly leg and he was the skin was on him and the pat pat the blood was dripping down from his uh, his thigh. And uh, then Eve, the little blood just dripping down from her bosom. And then the man starts to cry. They never know what cry it is. They never know what sadness it is. But now they know because sin has been one in. But God was so gracious. That God, is, uh, he cannot see his children be laying in that condition. Then God has to send an animal and to bring the skin to them. And uh, to let uh, uh, the skin to cover them, that uh, the blood to cover them, so that they don't see their sin, because uh, they were covered. And that uh, God expresses it in his heart through that act that he did to Adam and Eve. He provided a sacrifice to them. If I could say, that's the heart of the Lord, has been expressed when he killed an animal, that want to put the skin on, that the blood to cover them. And when God, when Abel dragged the little lamb and hacked it on his throat and he killed that lamb, and then the blood started gushing it out, and then he, sacri- he made a sacrifice on the altar. When God looked down, he must have said, you're a man after my own heart. Because of what he expressed, what Abel has expressed, he expressed what God is the heart that what he wants. Because that's exactly what is the God's heart of the one. Christ is the heart of the Lord. And he's slain the lamb before the foundation of the world in this thought. But that thought must be become materialized. So that thought becomes a word and it becomes a revelation revealed to Abel. It's not his mom and dad teach him in the church. Not he learned from the third Sunday school, then from Adam and Eve. But God himself revealed his thought to them. God revealed his heart to the able. And he probably cannot even utter it. He doesn't even know how to speak it. But something driven him inside of him because he knows the heart of the Lord. God doesn't reveal the mystery of the heart to anybody else. So he got a twin brother there, but he only revealed his heart to the able. 
I don't want Abel to do something. And it's seemingly out of the blue, but it's a, it's a God reveal to the heart that when Abel do something like that, then God's heart was satisfied. And then from that, and then we can see that he built on an altar and a sacrifice that a lamb put on it. And because of the sacrifice that on the right altar, and then the sin can be forgiven. Then a man can be justified. Her soul can be reconciled with God. And the heart can be united with the heart of the Lord. Because that out of two hearts, it's not Abel's heart, but it's the heart of the Lord has revealed it inside of Abel. And then we saw that a prophet after prophet and a sacrifice after sacrifice all the offering, the building of an altar, the brazen altar, the peace offering, all this and offer, it all pointing to the one thing that's the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And that thought becoming a word. And that word has uh, through the, the prophet has said, the prophet Isaiah said, A virgin shall conceive. And that is the thought of God. Or if I would say, that's the heart of the Lord. And that heart of the Lord has manifested himself into a word form. And that word that the prophet Isaiah and has speak that a word, though he doesn't understand by himself how the virgin shall conceive, but he was moved by God and speak that a word. When he speaks that a word, and that word wrap it around the heart of the Lord. But that word must be find a place so that he can rest in all. So after the 460 some of the years or, or 600 years later, there is a virgin little Mary that when she one day just go to get out of water, then that word can find a resting place because the angel has to speak to her and said, Hail Mary, you are blessed. And then when Mary met the angel, then the Mary heard the, the greeting of the angel and said, Are you going to conceive? Can I have the son? You're going to call his name to Jesus. And then when Mary heard that, and there's something that moved inside of the Mary, and the Mary said, Be it unto me according to your word. Yeah. Or if I would say, Be it unto me according to your heart, Lord. Yeah. And when Mary received that word, she literally received the heart of God. Amen. And that thought become a word, find a resting place, that in the womb face, in the altar of Mary, and then that word can rest. That is the right sacrifice on the right altar. I would say, God can say, Mary, you are a woman after my own heart. Because you give my heart a place that it can dwell. You give, my, you give your, your heart to me so that my word, and that word was the thought of it in me. That word was the heart of me. But now can find a resting place that in her womb. And then Mary gave it the birth. And all of Jesus, that is the heart of the Lord. That is the heart of God that is a manifest. Then it dwelt among us. And then that heart of God 
Christ was nailed on the cross. Or I would say that Christ was laid in the altar. That on that altar. And then the Christ was there. He was at the heart of God that wrapped that in the flesh. And then when he was on that altar, on that cross, then the Christ's heart was broken by the Roman spear. And then the heart started bleeding. And if I would say that God's heart was bleeding. But when God's heart was bleeding, what is in that heart? It's the word that is in that heart. That is the bleeding word that is in that is Jesus Christ. And when that word was bleeding that on the altar, then the word of God, the thought of God, materialized, now being released. And on the day of a Pentecost, when that the bleeding word, when he was resurrected, then he was a comeback in the spirit form, but it's still, that's the same bleeding word. It is the same life of God that is the inside of that word, that in that Holy Spirit. And when that Holy Spirit is coming down, and that Spirit and the coming to the 120 people, what is it? The heart of the Lord has changed the form, and now that heart of the Lord in the 120 people. And those are the people that they know and they possess the heart of the Lord. In the rightful place that in the heart of their altar. And I will say after the 2,000 years, let's just make a, a, a great leap to today. That the same heart of God has came back. That it become the word, that the message of this hour. Then the prophet said, that's the bleeding word that you are feeding on. That's the son of a man that you are feeding on. It's not that a certain man's doctrine. It's not the man's idea. But it's the son of a man that you are feeding on. And we said that the same thing as Mary has said. Be unto me according to your heart, Lord. Now our heart becoming an altar. Then a sacrifice that are made, that Jesus has made, the bleeding bloody sacrifice, now the bleeding word is on our heart. And that heart of a God, then this hour, it become a word. And a word become a flesh. Flesh and blood. And that a bleeding word, and it's still that are moving, that are in the bride of Jesus Christ. And when your altar have the blood, that is on it. What makes that an altar become a holy altar? Because of the blood has made that altar become the holy altar. It's not your ability you put it on there. It's not your idea, your sincerity you put it on there. But it's the sacrifice that you put it on there. And then the heart of the God united with this altar. And then when it's coming together, then it becomes the heart of God and the heart of the children. They are united together. Then they become a one. Then your heart is to become a God's heart. And God's heart is your heart too. Because on that altar, there's only one thing that is on there. 
That is the sacrificial lamb that Jesus Christ, the bleeding, bloody word that is laid on that altar. And when we talk about an altar, and we know that Elijah is a prophet, and when he come to uh, those Israelites, and I come to the evening time, the first thing that Elijah did is that when the evening time had come, he repaired the altar. And only that a prophet can repair that altar. No other people can repair that altar. That's why he sent it in the ministry in this hour. He said he would send it to Malachi 4. He would turn the heart of the children that are back to the Father. And then when he, when he repaired an altar, actually repair, that means the same word is a heal. So when he healed the altar. I was thinking if there's anything that needs to be healed, that is this altar that needs to be healed. Ever since so, they've been so scattered. They've been so hurt, so damaged. But thank God, he sent to the prophet who was a ministry to repair this altar. So that you can put it on the right sacrifice that on that, then God can come in there. And you're thinking about the, the prophets of the ministry. And we call it, it was the son of a man's ministry. And it was the one thing that was a predominant that is to discern the heart of the, the people. And he knows the things that are in your heart. And we find it in the prayer line when the people start to uh, passing by. Then he started telling them what your disease is, what your sickness, and what your address, what's everything. What is the God is doing? Repair the altar. Because when the altar is repaired, if the heart was healed, if the heart is prepared, is healed by the discernment, all of a sudden they realize he knows my name. He knows what I went through. And then their faces rise up. Then the altar was prepared. The, al <coughs> the altar was healed. Then they can receive their healing. So it's the same thing. That God sent the prophet that in this hour to repair your altar. And when he take you out of the denomination to repair your heart, to heal your heart, so that you can receive the word in this hour, then whatever you received, that all is the rightful place, the word of a God, then God can come in down to consume whatever the sacrifice that you put it on there. So it must be that a prophet to repair the altar, to heal you, and so that he can put the right sacrifice that on you. And you're thinking about one of the Moses. When he was, uh, I don't have time to read it all the scripture. And then the scripture in the book of Exodus, it talking about when Moses in 29, he said he dressed up uh, Aaron. And he put the gird on Aaron. And he put the matter on Aaron. And then a crown on them. And then they put the clothes on Aaron and his son. Instead of the prophet, he dressed up to the Aaron. And then make him the high priest. Then he can go into the tabernacle to serve. And you find it's the same thing that the Lord raised up to the prophet like unto Moses. Is that he put a word upon word upon word. 
and to let us know Jesus is not just a man. He's not just a philosopher. He's not just a certain doctrine. But he dressed it him up so that a God can let the prophet that it presented the Christ before us that he's the high priest of our confession. He has to put a word upon word, little, here a little, there a little, word upon word, so raise up Jesus Christ from the history. It's the prophet's ministry to present that a high priest to dress them up with the word and present them before us. Then the high priest can go into the tabernacle, start to serve, begin to sacrifice, begin to say, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. But it's taking the prophet's ministry word upon word to that a high priest coming into us to do the service. So Christ is the heart of God. Yes. And he's not a ministry, he's not a mystery anymore. But a heart of God is revealed that in this hour. Amen. And when your heart, the altar, has been repaired by the prophet, and you receive the sacrifice, the bleeding word in this hour, you literally receive the heart of the Lord. Amen. And then your heart and his heart become united. And then when you receive that sacrifice, that the Bible says in the book of Exodus we just read, it said, and he shall be an altar most holy. Yes. And whatsoever touches the altar shall be holy. So when the altar was repaired, when God has set you, when you saw the discernment, when you saw the, the word and make himself real to you, you know this is not just a human being to you. You know that it's the God himself that revealed it to you. And he come to repair that altar so that your heart is ready, you can receive the bleeding word. And the way you receive the, the bleeding word, that altar, it become a most holy it's not just a holy altar, but it's the holiest of the holiest. And at a most holy altar, then they said everything that touches that altar, and it shall be holy too. Then if I would say, when you have your heart with the bleeding word on it, and that heart, then it become the most holy heart that can ever be. And that most holy altar, that if you have anything that on that altar, whatever touched that altar, it can be also holy as well. Because on that heart, in that heart, it's you said it like David, you're the man after his own heart. It's God's heart has revealed to you, and you receive that heart. And that is a bleeding, bloody word is on your heart. Then if you're on that heart, if there's a children on your heart, if there's a loved one that's on your heart, but it's, on, it's not on that heart before holy, it's not on that heart 
that before you receive the bleeding word, but after you receive the bleeding word, that, mo that heart becomes the most holy heart. No matter how wayward that children are, no matter how darkness that they have been in, but when touched, that most holy heart, they can be holy too. I'm thinking about that woman, the colored woman in Memphis. His son, that in such a darkness, he was laid in that room, got a social disease, and is ready to die. And in the darkness of the hour, and then the mother was praying. The mother, Brother Bradham said, when she prayed, he said, you know she has the experience of the Lord. And then the mother said, Lord, I'm that Shunammite woman. She identified herself in the word of God. And then when she identified herself, I'm that Shunammite woman. But words of the prophet Elijah. God must be project, provide a sacrifice for him. God must be provide a cure for him. Not just a remedy. She probably tried it in many remedies than in a denominational churches. But God will send her a cure. Not just a remedy, not just a program, not just psychology, but God's going to send him a cure. She identified herself that is shared herself in the word of God. And then that mother, when Brother Branham was going in that other place, he said, that's the most welcoming place you can ever be. Most of the simple place that it can ever be. And he saw that a boy was laying there. The, the feet, it was moist. It was just a sticky. And he said, oh, it's so dark. Oh, it's so dark. But he's thinking about it. It's that mother's a prayer. That mother's a prayer that her heart is right. If I should say that her heart is to the altar that is the most holy. And when that altar is ready, then by her prayer, she dragged down that airplane out of the sky, which carried the cure that afforded us, and that had forced them down that end of that airport. And then mothers would cry that on that altar that was so crying out for God, said, I don't want my son to die like this. Though the son is a filthy as he can be, but there is a holy mother there. There's a holiest, there's a daughter, the most holy altar that is in that heart. Even the prophet said, when she prayed, it would reach the hair out of there. And you mothers, and you parents, that you haven't received the bleeding bloody word. It's not on the shelf, but it's on your heart. When you receive that, you have the most holy altar. And then God sent down to the cure. Then the prophet that went to this mother, and that as the prayer of the prophet, he saved that of the boy out of the darkness. And then he said, Mama is become a bride now. And it's not only the son was healed in whole, but the son was also become holy. Because then that he was as a carry boy here on a train station, said a Possum Branham, Possum Branham, he said, I'm not only healed, but I'm a savior too. The mother 
has the most holy altar that in there. If that man fits woman, but a little that he know, but she know, and still can drag that plane down, and it's got God standing in the cure. What about the holy altar? What about the most holy altar here? If you mom that are holding it in your heart, with the bleeding bloody word that has it in there, it said, whatsoever touch that old altar, and it shall be holy too. You can put everything that on that altar. Then I was thinking about, you can put your job that on that altar. But if that altar is the most holy altar, by receiving the little word, I was thinking about a brother Darren when I was a paradise. That's the man that put his work, put his whole career, that everything that on that most holy altar. Then that job is not just a job of doing a computer work, but it becoming holy too. And thinking about it when that job is touching that heart and the brother Darren, what you have done. Put it in a message how about? Put it all on the website and out. Help us to do it in the Chinese Bible. And then to put it online and everything. What is that? Because there's the most holy altar there. And you young people, you learn from that. Put your job, not your career, not tasting for money. But you let the bleeding bloody word that is in your heart. And then let your job be put on that altar too. Then that job will become a holy job for you. Then your education become a holy education for you. That can be used for God. Is that right, Brother Malcolm? That master degree is not just for you to go to the work here and work there to making money. It's for our children. That it put that education on because you have a bleeding bloody word that is in there. And then whatsoever touch that heart, whatsoever touch that altar, it shall be holy too. Think about your memory. Let a musician come. I mean, let a musician come. I want you to go home early. You think about that there is a memory channel. And in that memory, you might have the heavy things along your heart. You might be in a bind that better pass the memory. The things that have been bugging you, has been besetting you. But you, if you have that received the bleeding bloody word, and then that most holy altar, it said, whatsoever touch it, and it shall be holy too. And if you put that along, whatever that in your past, you said, Lord, I'm holding it no more. Lord, I'd have put it on an altar, and I'm not taking it back. I let it go. Then God can send down the fire to consume whatever that you put it on there. Amen. And then he can clean up your memory channel so it is not the filthy memory anymore. Amen. Whatsoever touched that, God will change that into the holiness. And if you are at a lust, if you put that on an altar, say, Lord, there's a bleeding bloody word that I have received. That altar had become a most holy altar. And then God 
Whatever touches that altar, God can turn that lust into a deep love for your own wife, for your own husband. And he can do everything because he said, whatsoever touches that altar, it shall be holy. If you receive that bleeding, bloody word. Let me share a little thing here. I was, a, I was going to bypass it, but I think I'm going to share this with I believe it will help you. Just about two weeks ago, on one Wednesday, uh, after the service, I, I think I preached that uh, the Wednesday before. And that day, when I was a prisoner, I was sick like a dog. You probably realized that I was coughing and coughing, and I was sick, and I go home, I got a headache and this and that, and uh, it was just normal. And then the second day, when I get up, you know how how devil always try to poke you on your most weakest moment. When you're strong, he doesn't bother you because he know he got a he he got a he he got a bruise. But when you're when you're in the low. And then uh, he started to come in the air to you. And I started to, he started to say things, you know, you're good for nothing. You're useless. <laughs> I'm not talking to grandpa, I'm talking to myself. And I would just uh, start to, I know it's the devil, but in your weakest moment, you, you're, you love him. Because whatever he said is absolutely the truth. And you just take on, you're just drinking it, and drinking it, and drinking it, and drinking it. Do you have that experience? Of course, you're all holy. You don't, you don't have that. I was just saying, I was just, I get up in the morning, I can't sleep. I can't unwind myself. Just the whole, whole night I was tossing. Oh, I should say that. Oh, I shouldn't say that. You know, I, oh my goodness. Why, Murphy, what's the problem with you? Yeah, I, was just, I was just battling with myself. In the morning I get up. And my wife was still at a battle. It was very early. So I went down there. And I was looking at the outside. It was just a little bit of, a bit of the bright. I was looking at the outside. I said, yeah, Murphy, you're miserable. Murphy, you're good for nothing. You're useless. You haven't done this. You should say this. You didn't say that. Oh, man. I was just thinking. I just go through it in my mind. And then, but you know, there, when you come to the lowest point, it was always something started coming up. And I was in my heart. I said, Lord, I don't want to hear my own voice. I don't want to hear the devil's voice either. I said, Lord, I want to hear from you. And I said, I said, Lord, I know you're a God can talk. I know you're a God can speak. I said, Lord, am I pleasing you? I said, Lord, it seems like I'll just, I'll just do my daily work and translation and the Bible is done and the translation we only left about 50 messages to be translated. By next year, all the Chinese messages will all going to be finished. And that I was thinking, I can't go back to China anymore. If I go back, I probably will be arrested. I said, Lord, what, what to use me on earth for? I'll come to just preach on Wednesday, maybe Sunday. Or I said, Lord, this is not what I want. Then I started to say, Lord, are you pleasing with me? I'm not a man after your own heart. 
Lord, I might, I might do things that is right even. And I was, I was contemplating. I was talking to myself. I was bombarded into my own self. I said, Lord, if you are God, I said, Lord, would you speak to me? Even just one word. Lord, in my whole heart, I only want one thing. Lord, I want to please you. I just want to hear from you. You did a good job. That's all I want to hear, Lord. I don't care. I don't, I don't want as a, uh, other people to say, Lord, I just want you to tell me. Just said, I'm pleasing you, Lord. I was looking at it outside. Nothing happened. Then I have to do my daily chores and do this and that. And then my wife woke up and then we go uh, to do something and to buy some stuff and then things. And when I come home, and I receive a letter. And it was a sister sent it to me. And I won't mention her name. She, she said, I believe. He said, Brother Murphy, I believe I experienced the, the event of God speaking directly to my thoughts last night while you were preaching. I wish I could express it as it happened. But as we were standing at your closing, I had my head bowed and my mind was thinking back to some very hard things that I went through. I felt overwhelmed with the wondering at the human failures and knowledges that no one will ever know. Do you find that sometimes you have something that you cannot even utter, Sister Barb? I hear that uh, she was crying out that on a Monday prayer meeting. I was about to share this, but I think tonight will be the day. Sometimes you cannot even utter. Sometimes the things that are so deep in your heart, you don't even want your wife to know. You don't even want your children. You don't want your husband to know. But there was something deep down in the heart of your heart. And only you yourself know. This sister said, I will take that to my grave. And I said in a whisper to the Lord, that these are things that I would take to my grave. And how does one come to grip, grips with life's events that you cannot even make sense of? Do you find out sometimes the things that happen to your life, it doesn't even make sense? Lord, what benefit can I out of that? What good can I come out of that? Can you give me some minutes, please? I'm, I'm finishing up here. He said, without even a second delay, as my heart spoke the words, he said, you continued with this word. And it was just like the God we have seen in Brother Branham's ministry, discerning my thoughts and answering directly. And actually, I remember that. I told my wife later on, I said, actually, I was about to call Brother Richard come up to pray. But somehow, I, I forgot it. So I kept on closing the service. Actually, my wife was a... Uh, anyway... Then he said that a brother, it was like his saying in a brother Brandon's ministry, discern my thoughts and answering directly. Then she quotes what I said. And I said it here. Sometimes we went through a rough time. Sometimes we went through a difficulty. And a lot of time is things you couldn't even utter. The things that you went through. Then I continue to say, but I want to encourage you. Keep looking. Just keep watching. And the Lord who has been with you so long that he is already in you. 
If he has taken you all these years from the beginning until now, he will take you through to the body change. Just keep going. Keep going forward. When I read that, I looked to the Lord. I said, Lord, you used a sister's letter and quoted my own prayer and to see the words that I want to hear directly from the Lord. I just want to hear from the Lord. Lord, am I pleasing you? Lord, there's something in me that I cannot even utter to myself. But through that letter, I realized, Lord, you use that. You preach that. You speak to that. But that's the word. I want to speak it back to you. You just keep watching. You just keep watching. And the Lord who has with you so long, Lord has been with me, with you so long. He's already in you. If he has taken you all these years, from the beginning until now, and I believe that he would take you through and all the way to the body change. And all that God wanted us to do is just keep on going. Just keep on believing in him. And sometimes we feel that we're like the Elijah. Come to the, uh, the weakest of the moment. We don't know what to do. It seems like everything is just contrary. Everything is against us. But even that little, small, still, small voice, then God sent it back to him. He said, just keep on going. And we pray that. I pray. I said, Lord, show me the Father. I have to preach to that. The Lord has said to me, I have been with you so long time. You see the Father, you see me, and you see the Father. And then I was thinking about the Lord. You said the letter. I said, Lord, how I thank you. Sometimes we're expecting a thundering. Sometimes we're expecting a lightning that are coming to us. But God just used a little simple sister and just quoted in the back of what I have said and back to my own self. You just keep believing. You just keep watching. You have to do the service for me. But now you're in the weakest moment, but you just keep believing. You just keep on watching. Don't look left. Don't look right. I know what you're going through. And a lot of the time that God is not going to send it at us, seeming like give us a good result, and that He only say to us the one thing: I know, I know what you went through, the things that you cannot even utter. But the Lord said, "I know what you went through. As long as He know what you went through, who cared what about the result? He knows that far better than I know." And he knows far better than any minister even know. But he said, I know your situation. I know your sickness. I know your wickedness. I know that the things that you went through, you just look away from it. Just keep on watching. Just keep on looking. When you keep on looking to him, and he's the cure. And he sends this down and say to you, you have the most holy altar because you have received my bleeding bloody word and whatsoever touch that altar if you believe and it shall be holy let us all stand let's sing I will praise him I will praise him oh
thinking about what a Lord that we serve. Give us a message in this hour. And who would think this message will come to the poor people like we are? And the dumb and the foolish people made so many mistakes and have done so many failures, but he never gave us up. And he always speaks to us. I was thinking about sometimes I feel ashamed about myself. I said, Lord, you have been showing yourself to me so many, so many times. But I'm still falling into the trap of the Satan devil all the time. And but you know what? The Lord is a patience. You know why? Because you're a man after his own heart. When David is a man after his own heart, no matter how I mean, the failure, how severe the failure that David went through, but he always a man after God's own heart. And if you are the man after God's own heart, had to the altar and put his, his word on there at a resting place for God, and that has the most holy altar, which is in your heart, and then you are the man after God's own heart. No matter how many weaknesses you're going through, no matter how many difficulties you're going through, no matter how many things that sometimes you cannot even utter, seems like there's the things that were so deep inside of you and hurt so bad, you, cannot, you, don't, even want to, you don't even want to remember that. But God want to remind you, said, I know, I know everything and anything that you have a wonder. Let's sing this song, Psalm 34, this poor man cry before we go.
Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, how do our hearts fill with this gratitude? How oh, we thank you, Lord. Lord, a lot of time, and it just takes it a one word or two, and that it speak to our heart, it speak to my heart. Lord, we dedicate our whole life to you again. We know the coming of the Lord is drawing so nigh unto us. Yet, Lord, we feel we fail you so many times. Yet we feel we made so many mistakes. But Lord, we're not looking at those. We're looking at the sacrifice that are on the altar. Is that sacrifice that we put on the altar? That's the worthy one. That is our Lord Jesus. That's our dear Lord who saved us, who delivered us, who shed us as the blood for each one of us. Lord, we never look down to what you have done. Lord, we might look down to what we have done because we have done nothing. But Lord, when we look at you, we know you have done everything that is in our life. That's why our eyes look up to you, Lord. We keep our eye looking at. We keep our whole focus on you. We're not looking at left or looking at right. We don't listen to the thunder and the lightning and the earthquake or the thunderstorm. That's only to call our attention. But Lord, we're listening to that still small voice. When I still small voice started speaking to us, Lord, we humbled ourselves, but covered our face at a standing before you, like the prophet said, standing on that rock. And we want to speak to you. And I know you want to speak to us. We thank you, Lord. Go with each one of us. Lord, some might go through the things that it cannot alter, but Lord, may it be an encouragement for them. Let them to know that God knows everything. That as long as we commit it into the hand of the Lord, He always answers our prayer. Because you never provided a remedy, but you provided a cure. Lord, you don't give us many steps. Try to go to you. You only gave us one step that are walking toward you by faith, believing your word, which is the gospel, which is the things that you already finished. We thank you, Lord. Send your children to go home in peace. Lord, keep them as driving in safety and keep them to come home safely. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless every one of you. Shake hands with each other. I'm so sorry. I tried to break the record to uh, become the a short wind of the preacher, but I break my, my promises again. But I pray the Lord will pour double portion on you and let him reward you. May the Lord bless you. Shake hands with each other until we meet you again.